Uh, all right, Canton's got to go, so we should get this rolling. Dun, 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 dun. I, just, I just finished the episode, so I'm fresh. All right, fresh. Uh, yes, so. very fresh. Fresh, fresh, fresh. Uh, you guys want to do the Emmys first or, or after Saul? No, uh, em- Emmys first. I, I, I don't out. mind speaking. Yeah, we can yeah. knock out Emmys and then do right. Saul, so at least I'm on for a decent amount of time. Cool. <laughs> Jesus God. <laughs> union. Got to get those union hours in. Lord. You know? <laughs> AC's got a better agent than uh, than Michael Mando. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I sell myself pretty well. <laughs> you drink one, drink two, drink three Long Island iced teas. But your buddy's worse off when he throws you his car keys. Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. State Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born. Better call Saul, better call Saul. You want to tell the world you're in love with a girl named Fran? So you find an overpass and you say it with a spray paint can. Blue lights start a blinking, those handcuffs click. You know who to call and you better call quick. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. You fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. Welcome to the Back to Back podcast on the Count the Dings Network. This is the TV Book Club, a nuanced discussion about television that captures our imaginations. Joining us this time around are Jake Hoy, Anthony Canton III. We've got the super producer, Jade Hoy. And this week we're going to talk about the Emmys, which happened last night on a Monday, which was weird. Uh, Better Call Saul and then the Deuce. Was that weird? It was weird to me. It's normally a Sunday. Sundays are for yeah, uh, award shows. Yeah, because I, you know, I, I saw the ratings were low, and I was like, "Well, it was against Monday Night Football for crying out loud." Yeah, and I mean, they moved. I was thinking maybe that they moved it from Sunday to to stay away from football, but both the primetime games for football were terrible. So I don't, yeah. I don't really understand the move. But yeah, it was sorry, on a Monday. I, sorry, I interrupted your intro. Continue. No, it's all good. And uh, so one thing that we know for sure after the Emmy Awards. Game of Thrones is still king, guys. They still got outstanding <laughs> drama, despite yeah. a somewhat down season. Peter Dinklage won his third, con- uh, not consecutive, but third total supporting actor award, playing Tyrion. Uh, Well-deserved. And, uh, I mean, that, this is kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Ethan a couple weeks back. This is the last big show. This is the last mainstream hit. And it's still it's still winning Emmy Awards. So HBO has got to be pleased. Uh did it then, win more than those two, though? No, it didn't, right? Because well, out of the major ones, there's so many yeah. awards. Oh that my are god! Down. I gotta tell you, I I don't know that I've ever actually seen the Emmys uh-huh. until last night, and I told you because Estella, my daughter, wanted to watch along to see if anything happened with Stranger Things. So I was <laughs> watching baseball on the computer and the Emmys over my shoulder. <laughs> I mean, that is like the long. I mean, they're they're like giving all all kinds of awards. It's like the opposite of the VMAs. And they have they have like uh they have like a separate ceremony. I don't even know if it's a ceremony. They had like a separate thing earlier in the day of even more awards, like guest stars yeah. and stuff like right, that. Right. And then they also have like daytime Emmys and technical, technical Emmys. Stuff. And yeah. So they're they're handing out a lot of trophies every year for sure. It made uh, me realize just how much television I do not see. Exactly. There's yeah. so much content out there. Overwhelming amount. Yeah, and Netflix uh, has 700 fucking series. That's crazy time, right? It's cra- it, it, they do. I mean, they including they all the animation shit. <laughs> like, and the foreign stuff. Right, <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's all, acqui- it's, it's all a lot of its acquisition, I would imagine. I think so. I, I think but so. The, I mean, not all of it's wholly generated from within, right? It's still, an, it's still amazing. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I think the, the international stuff like Dark and other shows like that uh, are being made uh, abroad. And then the, they're the Netflix is the one who's basically the distributor. I mean, um, dude, I would listen for me. I was like, what the hell is Barry? <laughs> yeah, well, what's, you know what? I was going to say, <laughs> Barry. Pretty, I started it. It's pretty good, though. I just Barry, I don't I, I don't know how to even remember it from the mailbag. That's it's HBO. on my short list. Yeah. Mom talked about it on our show. <laughs> we yeah. talked about it. Yeah, me, me and your mom talked about it every week for for eight weeks. Uh, what? It, it crushed in its debut. Uh, Henry Winkler and Bill Hader both won uh, actor, supporting actor, and lead actor Emmys. Well, well when I hear and, Alec Berg, I am immediately interested. Obviously, because of Seinfeld, but. Yeah, oh. and he also worked on Silicon Valley, and yeah. I think uh, he broke up with Silicon Valley. I think is he still involved? I well, can't remember. Not, he, but I think he's he's out now. But yeah, he, did he the left best Silicon years. Valley and then went to Barry, um, which was okay. you know jumping from a good show to a good show, oh, in my wait. opinion. You know what though? He was actually nominated for script writing for Silicon Valley. Though. Oh well, then maybe he's still involved. <laughs> yeah, um, but he was. Oh, well, he. I think he was a big part of the breakup with. Uh, with Ehrlich, um, he's the reason that Ehrlich left the show is because he and Ehrlich didn't get along. So that's uh, that must be what I'd be mixing up in my head. But uh, Henry Winkler finally wins 42 years after being nominated for Fonzie, uh, which is just a ridiculous stat. And then uh, he won probably the deepest category of the night, beating out Brian Tyree Henry for Atlanta, Titus Burgess for Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and Tony Shalhoub. Uh and yeah, it Barry's great. Uh, only eight episodes came and went really quickly. Uh, we'll definitely get into it on this show when season two rolls around and uh, maybe Jade and Jake will watch it and uh, we can get their thoughts going forward. The other show that just absolutely went nuts in its debut was Marvelous Mrs. Maisel winning Outstanding Comedy, Lead Actress and Supporting Actress. Mm. Uh, have any of you guys watched this show? Not yet. No. Uh, another one on my short list. My wife watched it and said it was okay. Wow. She was surprised to see it racking up awards. I said it's probably Jeff Bezos funded. It is. <laughs> he it bought is that. Fun, he bought those Jeff awards. Funded. Let's be honest. Uh, Did you notice how, like, after it won like three in a row, boom, there was the ad. The I Amazon mean, Prime ad came on right after that uh, creator won her second award in a row. Cue the conspiracy music, Jade. Interesting. <laughs> Tell me that didn't. Come on. Come on. They knew they were winning. Just like they tell people they're winning so they'll come. You know? Uh, Maisel is a show that uh, that Snark Hoops talked about. I think Angie was really into it at first. Yeah. Got Zach to watch it. I didn't watch it until a little while back, but I, I did uh, cruise through the first season, and it's really great. Another amazing period piece. It's got the snappy dialogue that's signature of uh, its creator, Amy Sherman Palladino, who also created Gilmore Girls. Um, um, okay. It's got an unlimited budget. Rachel Brosnahan, who won for lead actress, is a superstar. And then uh, the supporting actress winner was Alex Bornstein, who's great in the show as kind of uh, Rachel Brosnahan's manager. But she so is it. best known for being the voice of Lois on Family Guy. And she's like a really decorated voice actress. Oh, and of course, shout out to her on Mad TV. She used to play Miss Swan. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was so she's there. been around. She's yes. been around for a long time. So it's pretty awesome that she's found a, a legitimate part. And that's another show. Season two is coming out, I think, later this year. So uh, I'll definitely want to talk about that later. Maybe we can get Angie to uh, share her thoughts and get off of Snark Hoops for once. Uh, 
lead actor and actress were kind of the ones that kind of stood out and broke from the the routine. It was Claire Foy from The Crown, and it was her last chance to win since mm-hmm. she's, I guess, not reprising the role since they're time jumping. Good and then show. Matthew Rice won for the Americans. AC, is yes. this a good enough uh, send off for the Americans? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, the only disappointing thing for the Americans overall is that Carrie Russell never won uh, Best Actress because she really carried that series. I mean, obviously, both of them carried that series, but Carrie Russell in her role was just so tremendous throughout, just playing the cold, calculated Elizabeth. But um, shouts to Matthew Rees, uh, love Philip Jennings, uh, just an amazing character. And yeah, man, I'm going to miss that show. That show was so good. So good. Yeah. Carrie Russell was nominated, I think, six consecutive times. Uh, never won. Uh, best actress or lead actress. It also had Tatiana Maslany, who was in Orphan Black for the last time. I noticed uh, that. Yeah. Elizabeth Moss, I think, won last year for Handmaid's Tale. She didn't She didn't uh, run it back. Evan Rachel Wood was nominated. And then Sandra Oh, I thought might uh, she would have been the hot hot new pick but she didn't win but that show will you know have another season so she'll get another shot the 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 lead actor field was kind of weak though two this is us guys and then ed harris and and jeffrey wright probably splitting the vote for westworld yeah yeah uh so good for matthew (laughs) reese am i crazy what is this is us that's a thing this is us is is a is a it's like a uh, Hallmark card. Yeah, the show on NBC it, that everybody cries uh, cries about. My what wife are they crying yes. about? Because yes. they watch it? It's what emotional. It? It's, it's emotional. very emotional. It's an emotional yeah. show. Uh, it's yeah. the last network hit. Uh, they're already, like I saw an ad for something on ABC that is just a direct ripoff. So, oh, like, really? That's the new <laughs> market that network is trying to cash in on is wow. these emotional, heartfelt, we want you to cry every episode type of shows. I've never watched it. I'm never going to watch it. But, you know, you go. yeah, oof, it looks horrific. So does that movie they're pushing on us from the same creator. Yeah. So it's this whole like this is life. Like, yeah. It's like the new uh, Shonda Rhimes, you know, is like this type of show like Shonda Rhimes made like four shows that were all on at the same time. Mm. Uh, and she was the hot thing. And now it's now it's, this is us, uh, mm. in the limited series category, uh, American crime story was able to, to pick up where OJ left off and it won a uh, limited series. And then Darren Chris, who mama Hoy and I said was basically a lock, mm. uh, for playing the serial killer. He won, Godless got two wins, a show I've never watched. And no, then uh, Regina King from Seven Seconds, which is yeah. I yes, talked yes. about. She was yes. in The Leftovers, right? Yeah, she was in The yeah, Leftovers. She She's a really good, good actress. Yeah, so. she is. Um, yeah, yeah, she was a standout in Seven Seconds. Seven Seconds, really heavy. Uh, the ending was just obviously dealing with all of the, the, the police brutality in America. It's just a very difficult uh, ending. I... I like you hate it, but it's just it's reality. It's reality, and I think it was it was a good story that they told. And her playing the mother of the boy who was uh, who was uh, ran over and left for dead, and then eventually he died. She did just such a tremendous job displaying that anguish and and uh, that character and the difficulties with her husband. So yeah, she it was well deserved. Well deserved. 
Yeah, so it's three wins for Netflix right there between those two shows. Uh, Tandy Newton winning for Westworld was a surprise to me. <laughs> I, I I think she's good in the show, but it just like I don't think of it as like an award-winning performance for whatever reason. And my guess is just that Handmaid's Tale split the vote because they had yeah. three nominees in the category. Uh, well, it's you know, funny so. now. Now we're the in the, the, the like the the non-white winners, the the few non-white winners we had last. <laughs> yeah. You know? So that that's a great transition to Atlanta getting snubbed uh, oh. despite 13 oh, nominations. Right. Yeah, uh, I mean it lost to to Barry and Mrs. Maisel, which were both really good shows, but they were just new. And I guess some of the shine on Atlanta is rubbed off because of its second season. Um, Cat Williams did win uh, for his guest star performance as Uncle Willie, which uh, AC and I. that was an awesome part so uh but yeah atlanta got snubbed and i mean it's i guess it's weird that it didn't win one but uh i think it just it kind of lost the new kids on the block and that's that's more of a golden globe thing to give the new show yes the wins um so so emmys you know kind of split that between like heavily rewarding new stuff and then still giving game of thrones the belt at the end of the night uh, did you guys have anything that really like shocked you about these results? Um, nothing necessarily shocking. Um, it was cool to see Black Mirror get a, a couple oh, of yeah, nods that was uh, cool. for uh, USS Callister, which is a tremendous episode. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. I, yeah. Shouts to Black Mirror. That what, what a show that is. Wait, hold on. Did Narcos three get anything? Nothing. Narcos wasn't exactly. even nominated. Dude. Fuck nothing, dude. Nothing. Fuck that no, I show. just imagine that this the the voters are just super it's old white scam. people. They're just really old white people. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's all I could think was like here they are pretending like you got the the producers creating one idea of who the Emmys are, and then you're watching the voters tell you who the Emmys really are. You know what I mean? They're yeah. trying to sell you on this like diversified, multicultural, uh, gender-free world. Uh, and then like, uh, and then it's just like a lot of white stuff rolling up on stage, you know, old white stuff at that. Of course it was like a fifties period piece that, that was taking home all the awards right at the get go and Fonzie <laughs> and Fonzie, you know what I'm saying? Dude? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like, Christ. let's tell you who really runs the world. Okay. There you go, juice. Phenomenal. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Don't quote me on that. I didn't say that. That's not what I meant. I meant old white people, old moneyed white people from Hollywood. And and I'd be remiss to say that uh, obviously the Variety Variety Talk series last week tonight with John Oliver won. But we at some point, and I know they 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 don't currently have their show, but Jesus and Mero should have gotten a a nomination for for their show. Shouts to Jesus and Mero. But nobody has Viceland, dude. I know, I know. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean the Emmys historically, like definitely throughout my my youth, my teens, when I was when I would watch that kind of religiously usually frustrated me uh they have a tendency to just kind of give people statues over and over again like julia julia louis dreyfus and when i was a kid it was uh everybody loves raymond just wouldn't stop winning every goddamn emmy award uh and i i was always upset with it i feel like they're trying to you know they're doing the same thing the oscars are doing they're trying to get younger they're trying to get more diverse it's not all the way there but in the end it's kind of like a nomination is all that matters did curb win anything last night 
Bird did not win anything. Uh, no. Larry was nominated. Nor should it have. No, that looked, just the clip look on made the show look unwatchable. I didn't watch the season, but I, I don't think I'm gonna. Yeah, Jade went back and forth like five times on that on that oh. show this last season. <laughs> but uh, it's too yeah. it's too aware of itself at this point, right? Is that the problem? It's like working on the old jokes. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I think Jade didn't you say it was just like rehashing old Seinfeld stuff a lot again? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I mean, it's now on its like third, the third cycle. or fourth go around. To me, it, to me it, it kind of ended with the whole Seinfeld reprise when they you know yes. had the round the round table reading. I don't yeah. see how I you mean, could top that. I still how do you feel. Top that? I still feel like I'd rather have the world with Curb than without. It's still not that bad. You know what I'm saying? Because I'll watch yeah. it. But mm-hmm. but it it's became. Watchable. I noticed that during the season, like I would be tuned in on Sunday or Monday, and then it just kind of started drifting through the week. I, I would catch it Friday, and I think I started just missing weeks. So that that pretty much tells me everything. Right. It's not a. It's not a hate watch, Jake. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> I, I can't. I I can't hate watch anything, Fuck dude. What? I just. Fuck what? <laughs> I'm either I'm either in or out. There's I don't know. Like when I think back, I, I, it's great. Uh, like on a plane, if you if you got like 40 minutes left on your flight, you know, it's better than like the other choices. Like, yeah, I think I'd still rather play the hits. Okay, another just excellent episode of Better Call Saul, number seven, Something Stupid. Uh, I thought in the little previously on, something that I guess we, we had alluded to but not specifically mentioned was that uh, both Kim and Jimmy say, uh, you got to do what's best for you to each other uh, when they resolve their little, their little disagreements, but it's so insincere. And then that sets up this just incredible cold open. Yes. Which is a split screen dual montage of Kim and Jimmy growing apart over time. Uh, some really creative camera work. Uh, sometimes the scenes merge into each other and sometimes other times they're completely separate. Uh, there's the great moments where Jimmy reaches across the line to pour the wine. And then when, J- when Kim yeah. throws her leg across the line onto Jimmy while they're sleeping. Right. Uh, and uh, all I got to say is this is how you do a time jump, guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. definition yeah, yeah. of showing not telling. Hey. You fucking amateurs over Very- at Castle Rock, <laughs> one year ahead. Bullshit. Did we actually get a montage? Uh, did we actually get a legitimate date there? Did you see that? Yeah, the dates are on the PPD uh, paperwork that Jimmy is filing. Uh, I thought it was four months at first because we only see the paperwork be filed four times. Right. Uh, but later, due to other facts in the episode, we it's more like eight months. Um, and now we know that because of the progress on the super lab. And then Jimmy says that he's uh, one month from being able to practice law again. So really effective to move the, move the plot forward. You know, Jimmy's just selling phones all the time. We get to see the Saul Goodman business cards, which is pretty awesome. Uh, and then despite our speculation last week, everything's going smooth at Schweikert and Coakley for Kim. She's just crushing it. They're uh-huh. giving her little cowboy pieces of glass like she's winning all-star game and she gets her cast off it's like miss mizell up there 
Yeah. <laughs> Kim wins again. So just, just awesome. Just great filmmaking yet again from this team. And, uh, I mean, how did you feel? Were you, were you taken aback by the time jump or did it feel appropriate, Jake? No, I felt it felt great. Actually, it was kind of a relief because we definitely need to. We can't be. We, we kind of talked about this last. She's going to be in the cast all season, you know, and it kind of got us out of that. And um, yeah, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. And I thought the montage. I mean, for for a team of people that have been doing montage as well for a long time, it was yet another good one. And it was visually different from a lot of the stuff we've seen. So. I was pretty psyched about it. I didn't know the music. Did you know, did you know that tune? Yeah, well, that's a Frank Sinatra, Nancy Sinatra song, actually. Um, but it was covered by somebody else. It's not the f- version that I'm familiar with. And I believe it was commissioned for the show, possibly because they didn't want to pay for the Frank Sinatra version. Oh. I don't know if that's true. I played because the whole track. Was, yeah, it was familiar, but it felt not quite as good as the original. You hardly ever hear like a whole track of music, you know, they did right. it twice, I believe or close to twice in this episode. Right. Oh, with the big rock candy mountain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was oh. a weird. It was definitely a different kind of episode from the rest of the season. Yeah. But one thing that wasn't different is no nacho yet again. Oh my man. God, that's right. What are they doing to this guy, man? Well, there was no room for him in this episode. Well, so wait, wait. So remind yeah. me, where was he? Because I now I forget. What happened? Where he, was he? Literally, the last time we see Nacho is he's at his dad's house, kind of like yeah. nursing his injuries, uh, oh, just that's hanging right. out. That's right. He yeah. walks in on his dad. That's right. He asks for and, help. And Gus says, like, oh, you're not done yet. Right. Or something. Right. This right. was right after um, he was helping out the Salamanca twins in that shootout. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, best case scenario at this point is that we get a very Nacho-centric uh, kind of like catching well, up on what's been up with him. But it, you, is, did, it is interesting that we got a time jump and he still didn't come back. Did you see the coming attraction? The preview? I didn't. He's did in he, there. Did see Nacho? He's okay. in there. Yeah, okay. that's good. He's healthy. So the good news is he didn't die. I mean, it is like it's it's been interesting to see how they've done these past couple of episodes. Cause by focusing so much on the super lab, there's really no room for Nacho in the Gustavo storyline or the Mike storyline. Right. And that's where he kind of has been intersecting. I mean, I know he had his own stuff going on, but really once he intersected with Gustavo, it seems he's part of Gustavo's narrative now. And there's not a lot of room to focus on him alone. So, yeah, and like last week, I think it's probably also directly tied to Hector. So now that yeah. now that Hector is right. legit I mean, awake, hey, listen, for me, I don't even notice. So maybe it's, that's a, such a big deal. I mean, I was looking out for him, but I understand due to like the heavy, uh, like the focus between Jimmy and Kim's storyline has really taken like a chunk out of it, and then right. obviously the super lab is a huge part of the things now. So it all it's almost like between the super lab, Jimmy and Kim. Gus's uh, vengeance against uh, Hector, that right. seems to be the three things that we have going here. Yeah, and I can't, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I, I liked the episode. I didn't love it. It wasn't that it wasn't well executed or well written, just not much really happened. You and know, it was almost like a transitional no. episode. No, no, yeah, kind of exactly. like last two as well. 
Right. There's been two in a row of these, right? Mm-hmm. We've had this kind of dramatic fallback uh, while we build to something. And hopefully we're building to something because it's not entirely clear that we are. Oh, yeah, I think I think we definitely are. I think we're building towards the split of Jimmy and Kim. I think yeah. that's like that. That's- so you're, you think I mean, clearly the distance was established. One hundred percent. The separation. But, you know, she's obviously trying to make a move to bring them together. And so was he. Right. I mean, he went to her. Um, hey, let's help me out here. But he's also saying, let's work together on this. And at the same time, you know, she's kind of like not feeling his ideas anymore, his crazy ideas that don't really jibe with a partner at a law firm. But by the same token, at the end there, she's like getting creative and kind of thinking along Jimmy's lines and and calls him up and says, I have a better way than you do, which was interesting. Whatever that might be, it's hard to imagine where they're going with that last scene shopping at the Staples or whatever. That is a just absurd number of pens and paper. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. on earth is should you possibly need <laughs> that much? I think she's got a new for. a new business idea for Jimmy. Hey, if you're good at selling phones, why don't you try some markers and highlighters <laughs> before the uh, before the kids go back to school? <laughs> go legit, Jimmy. I got these twenty five percent off at the Staples. All right. Well, uh, you guys want to you guys want to back up and start start yeah. from the top with Jimmy yeah. and Kim? Yeah, sure. All right, so so Jimmy uh, is giving a tour of a potential law office. It's it's pretty dingy, pretty drab. It turns out that he's showing it to Huell, and then he, I love Huell when Huell says that if he was a lawyer, he'd have a high rise office when he wasn't on his boat. So <laughs> Huell's got Huell's got high visions of what he would accomplish if he was a lawyer. Uh, and then there's just that excruciating sequence where Jimmy goes to the office party with Kim. Oh man. Uh, really rough. Uh, he's, he's, he's off his, he's off his game. Cause normally he's so charming Yeah, and he's easy to schmooze people. And he's, he's kind of like half-assing it. And yeah. then with the whole monologue to Schweikert, he really like the resentment in his voice really comes out. Uh, that was tough to watch. I thought Schweikert did a great job just reacting, didn't yeah. he? Cause it, at first he lets him in, you know, that's, that's the problem. He opened the door for Jimmy and then Jimmy let his emotions get the best of him. It was tough. Yeah. It was uncomfortable. Yeah. That was a great was, scene. That was, that was the best scene. Great acting. Uh, both. Yeah. Both him sides. imitating the airplane noises. <laughs> Doing the Who runway. am I? I'm a private jet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <And> the, <laughs> like it was that you know what it was? It was that second bourbon at the bar. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, well it's also, also the look- the uh you know, going through her office and yeah. seeing yeah. the success and yeah. uh counting, the two touches, the, feet. the paces, yeah. yeah. Oh, and oh. then finding the the note from uh Kim's client that was framed. Uh, that you know shows that she values that as much as the the pieces of glass uh, right. that she gets from from the bank. Yeah, um, and I and I really liked um, you know to close out that scene before we went to commercial. Them in the car and Kim just going that was something in a way that sounds like when when your girl or your wife tells you like just the simplest thing in one sentence and you know that you messed up so badly it was one of those instances it was so awkward and then jimmy turns on the radio yeah he cranks <laughs> the radio like a sulking teenager <laughs> shut up mom we listen to my music 
<laughs> it was it was like it was definitely music that didn't fit with the normal uh, soundtrack of the show, you know, because it was diegetic versus uh, non-diegetic. Uh, then, you know, Jimmy's working out of the back of the van and he's confronted by the cop who uh, asked him to stop selling his phones to criminals. And we get to see a little bit of the the Saul roaring out when he just tells that dude off and. You know, his knowledge of the law combined with his, like, uh, disdain for authority is really nicely paired there. And then poor Huel, you know, just going to get some sandwiches. Oh, man. Listening to his tunes, uh, (laughs) more diegetic music, you know, just hits the dude with the sandwiches, hits the cop, gets arrested and charged with assault. And then that forces Jimmy to go talk to Kim and reveal that he's been selling burners to criminals for the last eight months. Which he kind of he definitely yada yada is right over that, yeah. you know, and that's a <laughs> that's a big moment because he's he's rambling about what the case and what to do with the cop, but then she's like, "You've been selling these phones this whole time." Yeah. So. <laughs> well, and and also let's let's not overlook the fact that this is where Saul gets introduced, right? As as the pseudonym. Yeah, with the business yeah. card. Well, he, and he might calling have used Saul for I think he used it before in like it season was one. Was implied. Or two. Yeah, really? Uh, I forget when, but I'm pretty sure it's his alias at least one other time. Really? Yeah. Huh? They they mentioned it in the in the featurette, I believe that huh. it, that it's the second time we see it. But it is it does say call Saul. It yeah. is the the lettering. Um, you know, it's it's definitely the first visual cue, I think. Hmm. But. But uh, then then after his meeting with Kim, she agrees to help him. And Kim goes to confront ADA Suzanne Erickson at a vending machine. Uh, last time we saw Suzanne was in season two, episode seven, when she questions Mike about a gun belonging to Tuco. And uh, Jimmy is representing Mike oh. at this point. And then Jim, she calls Jimmy a scumbag, disbarred lawyer. It's really, really just <laughs> yeah. cuts kids to the core. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that was rough. That uh, was rough. Great, great. You know, both this show and The Deuce, which we'll talk about later, some incredible reaction acting. You know, the real acting is when you don't have any lines and you, you have to play off of your scene partner. Yes. And Reese Seahorn just is heartbreaking in this episode, like reacting to Jimmy. Yes. Reacting yes. to this woman. She's so good. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and oh, so, wait, wait, yeah. wait, we didn't, we so, kind of glossed over the, the exit of the office. That was huge. Remember that? She when didn't... Jimmy leaves Kim's office. Yeah. Oh yeah. When she just closed, she just told the assistant to close the door on him. Yes. That was oh. like to your point. To <laughs> yeah. Your, that, that was cold. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I found it like Jake, you were saying like her, her transition in this episode, you know, unless she has yeah. an ulterior motive. I don't know. Yeah. Ooh, just uh, let me offer a quick hot take. Um, I think that she's good. She was so incensed when uh, the district attorney told her what she, she told her about Jimmy, that in helping Jimmy, she's probably going to get herself in some type of trouble. Exactly. And that's what's going to that's what's going to mess things up. Uh, irreparably for uh, her and Jimmy. Yes, if if her involvement with Jimmy 
taints her law career, which is going so great right now, for oh, sure. Oh, that's an interesting um, angle that this there's this road she's about to go down. Yeah, because he's he's conniving. Yeah. Yes. Well, she initially and he's rejects. lying to her and withholding from her. Um, is he beyond what he didn't tell her? Well, he has to come clean in this episode, but he's been lying to her for the the time jump. But what were you going to say? Well, yeah, I mean, lying. Uh, we don't know if he was technically lying. With, or withholding, just didn't tell withholding. Right. Um, so um, it seems like she's kind of been withholding too, though, about mm-hmm. the depth of her pro bono work. You know, not that she wasn't forthcoming at the outset that she wanted to pursue it, but it's unclear how much he knows about it. I mean, the point is they're leading somewhat separate lives, right? Um, yeah, she she's shocked to find out exactly what the hell he's been doing while he's supposed to have been a cell phone salesman in an actual shop. He's got his own business going um, that caters mostly to criminals. Yeah, and that's really emphasized when she comes back out to the car and tells him that it didn't go well. And he tells her, you do your thing. I'll do mine. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, and that's that's really hammers home the entire theme of this whole episode of just them growing apart, them having isolated lives. Uh, but Kim is not, you know, she still loves him and is not willing to to let that be the way things are, because, you know, she's going to tell Huel the bad news and she flips that U-turn, goes and gets all the pens and stuff and says she's got a better plan. So that's. You know, what is her plan? How legal is her plan? Why do they need mm-hmm. so many pens? I have no clue. Um, but that that is the crux of where Man, we're at. If that, that goes well or bad. Be? I'm fascinated by it. I've just the way that they left that. I, I'm really interested to see what she's going to try and do, because it seems like it's going to be really complicated. <laughs> I mean, we know we know Kim has a special relationship with office supplies based on that great sequence uh, a couple seasons ago with all the post-it notes. Um, yes. where she's like calling, uh, where she's trying to figure out, I think that's when she gets Mesa Verde is when she's just like going through all of her connections and leads and, and stuff like that. So, you know, when she has a plan, she definitely, she definitely needs, uh, her to be well organized and have everything on a separate piece of paper. Right. Um, what's the, uh, what are the Reddit people saying, Mace? Uh, you know, I don't really go to Reddit for this show cause I don't, it's not like a theory show. I only really go to Reddit for Game of Thrones and Westworld just because, well, previously Game of Thrones, not so much anymore, uh, just to like find the people who have the detailed history. I mean, this show I read like uh, there's like a Wikia out there. It's like a Wikipedia that does like a decent synopsis. And that's how I'm able to figure out that, uh, you know, the assistant DA showed up in season two, episode seven, stuff like that. So that's how I do my research for this show. Not so much Reddit. Hmm. But uh, all right. So that was the Kim and Jimmy storyline. Uh-huh. Then then Gus, uh, you know, Dr. Bruckner is testing Hector. He does the, the perv move where he knocks the cup over and <laughs> stares, stares at the nurse's ass. Um, and then later, <laughs> later, Dr. Bruckner comes over to, to Gus's house and, uh, I guess Gus only knows how to make one dish guys. It's, uh, yeah. Pila Marina. Chilean <laughs> stew. He previously made this for Jesse and Walt on separate occasions in Breaking Bad. Um, 
I'm sure it's delicious, but does he not? Does he really not have another move? Like, why couldn't why couldn't Gus have been uh, searing up some nice bone and ribeyes? Like, why does he have to be doing seafood stew every time? Don't I gotta know. think that's just the writers having fun at this point. <laughs> yeah. They're they're just creating that extra Easter egg, you know. Yeah, it's probably different each it time. It was deliberate in the Breaking Bad show where they were just yeah. trying to make the point. But here I think they're just going, well, circle it back. Yep. Def- definitely uh, a nod to Breaking Bad. Um, and so when he reviews the footage, uh, Dr. Bruckner is worried that uh, – or says that he's not – she's not sure if, if Hector's all the way back. But when he – and when Gus sees her him pull the perv move, he knows – up. Oh, Creepy ass Hector is definitely in there, that dirty pervert. So he's satisfied. He doesn't he doesn't want Hector to get any better, which I thought was interesting. He sends Dr. Bruckner back to Johns Hopkins. He says to temper expectations. So it's really this weird control thing. He wants to keep Hector alive, but he doesn't want him healthy. Uh, it's like I was saying last week about vengeance, man. Vengeance is a hell of a drug, boy. He just wants that revenge. He's so focused on eating. He don't care. He don't care. He wants him to suffer. And of he course, as we, he wants him to suffer so much that he, and, you know, and that's usually what ends up happening. You put so much energy into it right. that you forget everything else around you. And the and the more the most logical thing to do is just get rid of the dude. But hey. yeah, well, and it's it becomes his undoing. Right. As we, we know, because I had forgotten and I, I texted Maze. Uh, I think the day after we talked last week to say, I just saw the episode in Breaking Bad where they make the pitch to Don Eladio and yeah. they end up killing Fring's original partner who mm-hmm. created the chicken recipe, uh, started the uh, the right. whole thing about Los Hermanos, right? So I had just forgotten right. that detail and that's the nugget that drives his whole anger towards Salamanca mm-hmm. was Salamanca's vicious killing of that character. And yeah. so it did make it more make more sense, but ultimately it will be his undoing as that's what makes him accessible to Walt White at the end of what season four in Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. There's no other way for him to get to Fring. When Fring has the sixth sense that his car has been toyed with in the parking garage and, uh, you know, the after Walt puts the bomb on it, you know, and he's sort of staring right. out of the parking garage and then walks away. It's really, he's like, goes to Jesse and goes, how are we going to, how do I get to him? You know, how do I get to him? Yeah, and then uh, I thought it was really great that, you know, Hector, or sorry, that Gus wants to keep Hector in this condition, right? Where he yeah. basically, and then uh, we see him tapping his finger uh, to say yes or yes. no, which of course is yes. all he needs right. to kill Gus eventually. Right. So, really just excellent foreshadowing there. Uh, and this was, uh, this was another strong byproduct of the time jump just that it's it's not like hector's waking up right tomorrow right it's been eight months of this this yes. is the, this is how far he's gotten <clears throat> eight months yeah he's had the john hopkins lady for eight months you know uh and the other the other strong byproduct of the time jump was the the progress on the super lab um yes. and yes so this was this was pretty mo- workmanlike moving moving the ball uh, development for, for the Mike storyline. Um, we just, we get to see the process of how 
They get the workers to the lavanderia. We get to see the the super lab under construction. Uh, we get we get to see how uh, worn out and and stir crazy all the Germans are in their right. suddenly disgusting warehouse. Yeah. Uh, I guess he didn't let the women come in, huh? Well, that's that seems to be what they're teasing. It's kind of, next. It's kind of funny that they are <laughs> just discussing R and R. 10 months down the line. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like they, it just seems a little late for that at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Was that eight months went by? Yeah. I thought thought it was 10. I was surprised they didn't build it in, you know? Was it? I think it's it's supposed to be exactly eight. Um, What did, what did did, um, Jimmy say? How long? Jimmy says he's one month away from being reinstated. Yeah. So and then and then Werner says that it's they they're not even halfway done and it's already been eight months months. or eight months. So because they originally estimated six to eight or whatever, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm pretty sure we had been through three months. months. We'd been through three months of Jimmy's disbarment by the we've time been through, we've been through one yeah we've been through three months by the, before the time jump okay okay um yeah so th- that's the timeline it, but that's the more significant thing is that all of these timelines kind of line up so it's it's jimmy's suspension it's the the super lab being built it's hector's health all three of those things are kind of heading for the same end point which i'm assuming will be the end of the season now now that we've advanced uh, this far, you know, right? Um, we get a little, we get a little more character building around our our man Kai, the the walking the Walking Dead, <laughs> uh, as he as he blows up at, at Casper for knocking over a support column, uh, causing a setback, and then him just torching Mike, uh, who's learning German but not enough to know all the curse words that that Kai is throwing. <laughs> Um, and he's still a problem and he's still going to die. So that's, that's pretty much what happened in in that plot line. Oh yeah. Once, uh, once Mike asks, so is, can we get him out of here? Can we, what, what happens if we say Germany? Uh, and, and he's like a very bad, very bad. Yeah. He's the best demolition man and they have one more blast to do, which is what, uh, Werner and Mike are talking about in the lab. Um, so they can't kick Kai out yet because he's, he, they need to do one more blast. I'm sure he's responsible for that. So you think he, he's going to get taken care of in the blast? Uh, hmm. That's an interesting nugget out there to think about. I don't know if that like uh, that'd be convenient, but I don't yeah. know. If, uh, I don't know how Mike would manipulate that because we'd have to. We'd probably have to see it be set up. That's that's the show's mo. They wouldn't do something cheap like just. Right, right, Shot right. Kill him, you know. Accidentally, right, right. Um, maybe Mike seizes the opportunity of the blast to dispose of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is that is that really how Mike works, though? What? Well, yeah, that's, or it's not how, how the show. That's works. how Gus works. works. <laughs> well, true. That's fair. Wait, why, I, but, why are they trying to kill the guy? I, I just know. think he's gonna die. Seems extreme. He's gonna cause a problem. Huh. He, well, he, well, well, this R and R is gonna he's gonna yeah. create some exposure, right? That's that's what's gonna happen. Gonna happen on the R and R, they're gonna release them out into the world, and he's gonna cause them some kind of risk, greater like, risk ta- than they're talking too much about 
what they're doing in public or something like that. Yeah. And Mike's going to have to chaperone this little field trip and I know he's not excited about it. So, I mean, it seems like they just need to go out of town. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they should uh, get on a nine hour bus ride to go to. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. They end up at the same, they end up at the same retreat as uh, Schweikert and Coakley, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, <laughs> crossover episode. I wouldn't mind seeing that. <laughs> so, guys, where where do you where do you think we're headed with three episodes left? Um, it seems like we're setting up for the stretch run. Um, we have a lot of a lot of things in the air here. So, where do you guys see things playing out? Jake, what do you think? You know, man, I, yeah, I'm really not sure, but I've been just trying to reconcile how they're going to get to Saul Goodman. I was talking to Jade about this over the weekend and I was, you know, as I'm, as I'm watching Breaking Bad and I'm realizing just how much comic relief Saul provided, but also how much of a kind of a cad he was Mm -hmm. and how sexually oriented he was. I'm trying to reconcile, you know, the secretary that he hires right in, in, in the better call Saul office is the same secretary that he hired when he and Kim started their own practice and got offices yeah, together, Francesca. right? Yeah. Right. But he's yes. calling her honey tits in, in better call Saul. And she hates it. You know, she despises him. Mm-hmm. So how our, I'm just wondering how they're going to credibly make this leap from Jimmy, who we've talked about is this seemingly, almost non-sexual character into this lascivious pervert that he becomes in Breaking Bad. Point no further than Kim. Whatever happens with Kim is going to break him. Yeah, that's so gonna, it's yeah. couple the Kim breakup with the Chuck, the Chuck guilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, this is like uh, AC was saying, I feel it's just the whole point of the season, you know? Yeah, so he's going to start like the the, the final scene of this season will be he is Saul. Yeah, I would like. Yeah, Yeah. that would be where it's going. Yes. An eight month time jump. I would be I would be I would be surprised if it's not very. Yeah. And I think you can use if they decide to come back for a final season or another season next season, you could use that season to kind of tell the story of him just growing into the Saul role before Le- the yeah, time leaning. before the time. Yeah. Wait leaning there. Whoa, whoa. You're not telling me they're going to stop it at that point. No, right? I'm pretty sure uh, season five is confirmed. Yeah. We talked already. about There's like, already at least one more. I mean, season. Yeah, it's I, already been I, renewed. I'm, already been I, renewed. I want to see fucking uh, Walt, Walt White in this thing. <laughs> I want I want Jesse. I want I want full intersection here. Uh that'd be hilarious. Oh, it's gotta be. You kidding me? That'd be interesting. I We're definitely I, gonna get them for one episode at least. But yeah, yeah, they renewed the fifth season before season four even premiered. So this show is, you know, good to run as long as the creators want. Um, if I'm not I see worried that, about that. Uh, I want to see uh news. Brian Cranston is executive producer. For next season, well, I'm like, oh yeah! <laughs> oh goodness gracious, that we already know what time it is. <laughs> it would be a 
trip to see them develop the show into the same timeline. That's what I'm saying with the whole different angles. Crazy. Well, I mean, you consider that. And then, of course, we still have the flash forwards of Gene. So that is another thing that's hanging in the air. And we're get, we're probably getting close to um, in the season finale. I'm sure we'll see another flash forward and like a little another snippet of where uh, Gene ends up. Yeah, because so, isn't it usually premieres and finales? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, man, I love this show, man. It's so good. So good. But yeah, going forward, we got we got Kim's crazy plan. Uh, we've got Mike chaperoning the the German field trip. Uh, we got Hector, possibly you know getting passed into Nacho's care. We got hopefully Nacho coming back. Did we, did we by the way, do we talk about that six smile from Gus? Great six, shot, six smile yeah. when he's watching the the footage of Hector. Yeah, and he yeah. notices the uh, yeah. the water thing, and it, that it, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> amazing. Uh, he's back. That was amazing camera, and and just just that was a great moment. Goes along with our theme of today, which is reaction acting. Yeah, you know, Carlos Esposito is, is a legend. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like also, I, I, I was doing something before, but I really just love that idea of him like trapping him inside of his own mind. It's so cool, yeah. and it really yeah. goes back to that story uh, in the last episode. You know, it works. It works. Like so many shows, like don't function on this level. You know, it's just so smart. Call now.